there's mental maturity and there's physical maturity. Well, yes, I, I grasp this. I have quite a bit of one and almost none of the other. <laughs> Poop. <laughs> <laughs> Superhero Time presents that one episode of Star Trek. With Chris. Are there any of life's problems that can't be solved by setting someone else up to be murdered? Hey, Mickey. I just heard him screaming nutsack into the Xbox microphone in the other room, so he's okay. Scott. I just love the way Leonard Nimoy moved his fingers. And Fort Max. Andy died of AIDS. So this week on that one episode of Star Trek, Holocaust and Race Wars. Woohoo! I guess we're doing this anyway. Okay, party. <laughs> hey, calm down. Calm down. Mickey's not feeling so well tonight, you may not hear much from him. As he's so demonstrating right now. Well, yeah, you can, uh, hopefully, uh, XB will go in later and put in either the booze or the, or the applause to that line. I don't know which it's going to be. Tim Curry. <laughs> yes. I don't I don't do Tim Curry. I don't I can't do a Tim Curry. But can Tim Curry do you? <laughs> Probably. He's um <laughs> sorry this vodka went down the wrong way. Um I get choked up. I think Tim, Tim Curry's Curry. doing him right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's not on my short list. And I'm afraid it might kill him because I think he's in a weakened state currently, so But he's got wheels now. He's Cybertronic. That's true. He's more powerful than ever before. Either that or he's become Captain Pike. <laughs> God, I love the way you blink at me. <laughs> What's choose your name? Scenery once love... for yes, choose scenery twice for no. <laughs> What's your name and tell me you love Morse code? Huh? Huh? No. What's your name and blink once if you love jazz? <laughs> yeah, that's much better. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, I thought that's a joke you were going to make, and then you just kind of spoiled it. So, like... <sighs> well, yeah, that's why I keep you people around. It's almost like you're not they're... funny or something, Scott. <laughs> something like that. Yeah, there's something quite like that. There's something wrong with Scott. I can't believe it's not funny. But, no, it is funny? Voyager. Uh, not typically. Oh, it's hilarious. No, mostly it's just dull and stupid and asinine. I don't get to use the word asinine enough, and I really should, so I'm taking the opportunity right now. Yeah, Voyager is, might have, it seems like a good place for it. Yeah, yeah. Voyager is like our podcast, basically, is what you're saying. Stupid, asinine, boring, and really worse than any other thing you could compare it to in the same genre. And utterly extraneous. Okay, but unlike Voyager... I've only got one anus. I don't know how many you have. <laughs> oh, I have extras. Unlike Voyager, though, we at least take some pride in what we do. We enjoy our time we spend together. We don't hate each other like the Voyager cast did. Shut up, you idiot. See? 
<laughs> so much love. Uh, no, I mean, I think about it all week. I love talking about Star Trek. It's one of my favorite things. This is pretty much the only time I, I get think... about it all week, too. I'm dreading it. This is pretty much the only Star time Trek. I get to talk about Star Trek in a actual conversational way instead of just, like, throwing screenshots and one-liners at Twitter. Right. Which is... Into RFC. You know, it's fun in its own way, but still. Having some back and forth is nice. Yeah. The, the old in and out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a lot more fun than just, like, you know, doing it by myself, by you know, with one hand. Right, right, in front of the computer. Right. Uh, it's, uh, it's a lot more doing it when you have a bunch of friends around. Mm-hmm. All in the same thing because you're all you're all like you know pouring your 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 uh, exuberance onto one thing. Yeah, and you I take mean, turns on it and then pass it around, just, share it. You know, it's it's nice to have a trio and also a small intimate audience. <laughs> I yes, I think, I think Gigi Allen would agree with you. <laughs> no, no nachos, but I did have tacos tonight. I had tacos for tonight as well. Huh. did you make them yourself? Hell no. See, I'm, mine are homemade. So I saw the picture on Twitter that you posted of the guacamole. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if you're allowed to come to California now. Poor K. <laughs> well, I, I think that, that I think that guacamole was a crime against avocados, and that that is enough to get you banned from California. Okay, I mean, what do you consider to be a guacamole then? Well, no, that was guacamole. It was just, it looked too runny, and the oh. uh, chunks of onions were too big. Well, that's because I don't have the patience to chop stuff really small. Look, you liberal snob. <laughs> <laughs> and also that's that... The uh, let the real Americans make guacamole how they want to. The way that, you know, <laughs> the, the, they did coming over from England. And also that avocado was extremely ripe. Mm, if it excuses. Had been a, if it had been that same avocado yesterday, it would be chunkier, less runny looking. If it was that same avocado tomorrow, it would be avocado wine. No, if it was you. the same avocado tomorrow, it would be black inside. <sighs> Just like me. <laughs> Just like oh. me. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> so anyway, our Star Trek episode this week is Living Witness from Voyager. This was um, season, season four? Four? four. This is your idea. Yes, yeah, are you surprised? Never. I was thinking was... next week we should do another Voyager episode, the one where they build the Delta Flyer, because that's really stupid. Is, is, is it a Tom Paris episode? It's half, a Tom, it's half a Tom Paris episode. It's also a Bolana is suicidally depressed episode. I, well, that could be very entertaining, though. <laughs> I mean... I mean, trying to push her over the edge to finally commit... Klingon Sapuku, that would just be awesome. I mean, Worf almost did it once. Yeah, yeah. But that was actually sad, because we like Worf. Bolana's just a bitch. Yeah. But fortunately, she's not in this week's episode. She is not. She's referenced in the most unconvincing way possible, but we'll get to that. Uh, If I remember right, uh, the actress was on maternity leave for this filming week. Ew. Yeah. But she was done being a mother after one week, so it was cool next week. <laughs> well, you know, healthcare standards in America. Yeah, I'm trying to imagine what a Klingon nanny would be like. 
It's a targ. <laughs> you suckle at the targ's teeth, and it basically races you until you're about ten. <laughs> it's like it's like Romulus and Remus. Teaches you how to hunt. Mm-hmm. Cleon kids just run around on all fours. <laughs> Birds in their mouths. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes if they're stuck in the house, uh, they get a rawhide. You get a nagahide. <laughs> oh, it's adorable. He's teething. I bet Klingons are born with a full set of teeth. Or like rows of teeth, like sharks. Well, yeah, Klingon vaginas have teeth. I'm sure. Uh, probably. Or aren't they armored to go with you know, armored Klingon penises? They would kind of have to be, wouldn't they? Otherwise, they'd get like all torn up. Like yeah. when two Klingons are just, you know, rutting out each other, like other sparks flying out. I don't, <laughs> I don't think it's made of metal. They use, that would well, be no, extremely they use metal. Made of Brillo pads, so you get this nice sparking effect. But you know, if they get enough, if like if they get going furiously enough, it could maybe like smoke from the friction. <laughs> Do you smoke after sex? I don't know, baby. I've never looked. <laughs> Well, we have an answer to that question. Next. <laughs> Was the question, are Austin Power references funny again? And the answer is yes, apparently. <laughs> yeah, you idiots laugh, so apparently. That was from, that was from Austin Powers? I, I think I've seen half of a movie. Half of one of those. Well, you weren't born until after they came out, so. <laughs> Technically, you weren't born until like three weeks ago. Uh, if we're going by the, you know, issuing date of your birth certificate. <laughs> not sure how to feel about all that <laughs> it's just another part of the long running joke of Fort Max being you know the youngest on the show even though she's really not yeah, I mean she's I guess you might be but not by very I, much I'm 30 so you're only three years younger than me and it's not that big of a big of a difference that still makes you the youngest on the show yeah it's just not as extreme as we always play it up to be no, formerly Fort Max was 12. Now Fort Max is, you know, weeks old. It's very simple. Perfectly natural math. You know who does age well? The doctor? The hologram. Ah, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so Scott, why don't you... Uh, start, you about to say? Why don't you start summarizing the episode so we can actually get on with this? All right, get on with it. Get on with it. All right, everybody. Woohoo! Voyager, everyone's favorite. The cold I mean, open I, has the greatest like first lines. Uh, yeah, I gotta say, this is pretty. I kind of want to read these like out loud. Okay, because they do are your so best, kind of, Kate Mulgrew. Tell time, so go ahead. Iconic. Do, do your best, Kate Mulgrew. <laughs> <laughs> we must That's have held the prime me. directive. Oh, but what if we don't want to? <laughs> I must get them home at all costs. I can't do it. Ooh, yeah, shiny. I'm not schizophrenic. I can't be <laughs> Catherine Janeway. All right, so we open up on the uh, the captain's uh, captain's room, captain's ready room. Yeah, ready room. Yeah, I love how Voyager is this like fairly small ship, but her ready room is two or three times the size of Picard's ready room. Mm-hmm. I know, right? On the USS Luxury Liner. Yeah, as opposed to the USS Planarian Worm. <laughs> Okay, so it opens up uh, on a uh, on her uh, ready room. It's all dark and shadowy, so you know something serious 
shit's happening. She she's staring at one episode. <laughs> she's staring at a window and begins monologuing to no one in particular. When diplomacy fails, there's only one alternative. Violence. <laughs> it's the Starfleet force way. Must, force must be applied without apology. <laughs> and she turns and looks dramatically into the mood lighting and says, it's the Starfleet way. And she raises her hands up. So now, something, some weird things. One, black turtleneck. Okay. No pits. Two, she's wearing Kira's wig. Yes. <laughs> she's wearing Kira's wig. No pips, no communicator, uh, and she's wearing black leather gloves. That she keeps taking off and putting on dramatically. <laughs> They're her reading gloves. <laughs> <laughs> well, the ink from all those pads, it gets everywhere. Those gloves used to be white. <laughs> <Gross>. <laughs> So she's speaking to Alien McGee, uh, who looks vaguely reptilian, who is a uh, kind of dark complected, kind of snaky looking, like a, like a very tan Cardassian. Mm, no. <laughs> All right. Okay then. His hair is very next generation, though. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So. The ambassador's like, oh, that's great. So we're all on the same page. You're going to help us? And Janeway replies, oh, well, you're asking me to fight your war for you, to fight your enemies and destroy them. Uh, so what are you, you going to give me in return? Uh, basically, I have a way to get home. I know where a wormhole is that you can stabilize, and it'll get you home if you attack my enemies and destroy them. To which Janeway just goes, eh, okay. Now this is where we know the first time that something is wrong. Because she's Captain, Captain Janeway breaking the Prime Directive. In order to get home faster? <laughs> no. no, no, you only break the Prime Directive when it will set you further back or not help you at all. Yes. Or or on days that end with Y. Oh, come on, she's not she's not Kirk. <laughs> do they have days that end with Y in the future? Yes, they still do refer to days of the week. Okay. Also, months by name. Hmm. Um, days of the week occurred at least in Next Generation. Uh, month names have occurred in Deep Space Nine. Mm. O'Brien's birthday is in September, by the way. Ugh. Potato day. <laughs> <laughs> but it also means we know what month of the year um, the assignment that Deep Space Nine episode takes place when Scott didn't understand acting. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I still don't know what you mean. This is clearly documentation. <laughs> All right. I'm just very proud of the men and women of Starfleet, as funded by the U.S. Armed Forces, that go out into space and, and perform America's duties. And that's that's this no, is that's Starship Troopers. Oh, I'm, I'm doing, doing my no part. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we cut up to the bridge of the Voyager, which is all dark and shadowy, and they apparently said, you know what? Klingons, they know how to do reading lights properly. So they put grates over all the lights. Everything's all shadowy and weird looking. And they've installed uh, a Kazon. Yeah, there's a Kazon crew member wearing a uniform. Now and, we know it's an alternate reality because Kazon would never be in Starfleet. Well, wouldn't it be on the Voyager? Uh, also, uh, the chef is on the bridge doing shit for some reason. There's a great insult against him later, but we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. You know. No, I guess it wouldn't work. Never mind. <laughs> 
I was thinking it'd be fun if the, they had Tuvix on the bridge. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but that wouldn't make sense for this culture's but, but No, it would if it, if it had Tuvok and Neelix at the same time. It had all three of them on the bridge. That would have been awesome. <laughs> okay, yeah, that could have worked, yeah. <laughs> yeah, see? That would have been rad, because that would have really given the honest, like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, run the bridge. Uh, Janeway is saying, uh, arm the assault probes. Eh, assault probes. Yeah, I, I like the sequence here. Arm the assault probes. Fire at will. Open hailing frequencies. Open channel. Yeah, open channel. <laughs> so, we uh, come in peace. Shoot to kill. Shoot to kill. <laughs> Although, I guess in this universe, it'd be shoot to kill. Shoot to kill. We come in peace. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, she begins attacking whatever ships attacking them. Tuvok is on the bridge. Uh, he's apparently a tactical officer, as he normally is. The ship's shaking slightly. They're returning fire. Janeway takes her gloves off. <laughs> Again. So apparently they're looking she, for she, some... She just can't get those things on right. Yeah, do you have they much help in it somewhere. Well, she knows if her gloves don't fit. <laughs> <laughs> we can quit the episode? Yes. Okay. Alright, so the ambassador dude, orange snake 80s hair guy is on the bridge. Uh, she's like, oh, well, they're not really certain. They're looking for a guy named Tedrin. Uh, apparently, that he's like the MacGuffin in this. They're trying to get Tedrin for some reason. He's the leader of some sort of resistance or the enemy aliens. So that's what this guy wants. This, the, the ambassador guy, alien guy, I don't want to kill anybody. I just I just want uh, to get this one dude, and then we'll stop the, the violence. Oh, well, no problem. We'll uh, start shooting biogenic weapons at the planet. That's sure right. to flush him out. Because, yeah, you know, we'll nothing gets people running outside more than, you know, biotoxins being spread through the air. Yeah. So what they've done is they hooked the doctor up to the phaser array, and he's concocted some sort of, uh, like, bio-agent that can be transferred by phaser beam? Okay, okay. Now, we, now, I mean, it's well-established Voyager plays fast and loose with even the Star Trek science. But since a phaser mm -hmm. beam is a particle beam, like, conceivably with a minimal enough understanding of how phasers actually work, I could kind of see the assumption that, all right, I guess they can probably just deliver whatever kind of payload they want through their phaser beam. Sure. In the context so, uh, of the episode, I can accept what's presented here. If this was a normal episode story, not so much. Also, we should point out that in this scenario, the doctor is an android. Yes, he's got a physical mm -hmm. hook link up to the back of his head, so yes. Uh, also, I noticed that as I freeze frame on Tuvok on the bridge, his ears are serrated, which I think is really odd looking. Oh, I never noticed that. Yeah, yeah, I happened to pause it right at the right second to see it, where mm -hmm. he's talking about the phasers online. Yeah, yeah, he's got like serrated ears, how interesting. So, uh, Jan Wilbur is to fire on the capital city of these jerks, and he starts killing hundreds of thousands of people. Oh, also get an exterior shot of the Voyager, which has like, Four or five gigantic fucking phase cannons. <laughs> Holy shit, it's rad as hell looking. Yeah, you know, the kind of thing that they should have been doing for real with Voyager. Upgrading, uh -huh. augmenting the whole way. Damn they couldn't right. even afford to run replicators for coffee. They would, how do they form cannons? At the same <laughs> time, though, they could build a whole new giant shuttlecraft from scratch that shouldn't even fit in their shuttle bay. They did, in itself, have weapon systems. So, yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. And also, they kept, they kept managing to somehow never run out of photon torpedoes. Yeah. Yeah. I've watched that YouTube video where they do a count. It's embarrassing. 
So is Voyager. No, it's embarrassing that I watched a video about the Canada <laughs> torpedoes. Yeah, that too. Uh, I think I've seen that same video. <laughs> I haven't, so I guess I'm better than you two assholes. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's fascinating. Anyway, so uh, the, the image suddenly stops and goes, there's a record scratch, and the voiceover comes and goes, now I know what you're thinking. You're probably wondering how I got myself in this kind of mess. Wah, wah. Now there's a weird voiceover. And it's like some historic. It's like a uh, oh hell. Ken Burns is doing like a, a Civil War <laughs> voiceover for it. That explains why it's putting me to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's the infection, Mickey. No, that would be the cold medicine I take. Okay, who's deep throating their microphone? I believe that's Fort Max. <laughs> that's not me. Don't judge her choices. <laughs> it's. I identify as a. Okay. All right. No. <laughs> okay. okay. It, no, I mean it's nothing to be ashamed of. You're just you're an audiophile. It, it, you know. It, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for making the joke. Uh. No, that was that was more to the I identify as because seriously, come on, that joke's how that joke's howled now. <laughs> yeah, that's like a paladin level of lameness. Uh, My joke hey, was far I superior. I aim to please. So we we uh, the the scene changes. There's a cut, and uh, now there's these uh, aliens kind of standing around wearing strangely pilgrim-looking outfits uh, with the little white collar thingies, and some guys explaining armed with photonic torpedoes and particle weapons. The Voyager was a ship of destruction. Erba derba der. It could destroy civilization in hours. So, yeah, we were lucky we all survived from those evil Voyager assholes. When they showed up 700 years ago. Bum, bum, bum. And he goes on to say, like, how, how smart they were to evacuate the cities before this happened. It saved thousands of lives, but it still had this huge effect on their history of their planets and their people. And This episode's bullshit. We know that nothing happens in Star Trek after Voyager. <laughs> In fairness, not a lot of happened during Voyager either. <laughs> Insurrection. Well, aside from Deep, well, Deep Space Nine happened. Yeah. Oh wait, no, Nemesis happened after Voyager, didn't? No, it, it didn't. <laughs> well, depends on what you mean by happened. So that was a hologram of Janeway's admiral. Yes. Okay. Yeah. She was phoning it in. Yeah, no, no that none of that ever Just happened. Like Starfleet career. No, that happened. That was all fan fiction. All she was, right. She was skyping it in like the rest of us. Like the Force Awakens. <laughs> yes. All right. So, uh, so museum director guy is like, "Oh, I'll answer your questions," and he's talking to a group. There's clearly two different species in this group of people. Um, yes, because half of them are orange. Yeah, half of them are orange and look kind of snaky, and the other ones have these. Two Extra giant nostrils? zits that need to be, I guess, they look like they need to be popped, though. I, I gotta say, I kept wanting to, like, squeeze them and see what would come out. See, that, that to me just says, like, they probably at some point in the past lived in the water. Like, they used to be, like, semi-amphibious. And those yeah. are their, their breathing holes. I wonder if they ever get freaky with those things. So anyway, some guy walks up to him and goes, oh, look, you know the answer to that question is always <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is true. Uh, I shouldn't have even asked. 
so the guy, some person in the audience comes and goes, oh, so tell me about the crew. And the guy goes, oh, yeah, there was all kind of people on board. They picked up and recruited all kind of people on their, on their voyage through our uh, through our quadrant. They picked up Borg, Talaxians, Kazon. There was all kind of assholes on their ship. They were captured and made to work as part of Voyager's fighting force. <laughs> okay, that's the way that works. All right, so they cut back to the little view screen, and a uh, guy starts narrating a, a show that happened a long time ago. What an asshole. Yeah, no, no self-awareness here. So we cut back to Janeway, who's now wearing her gloves again. <laughs> she can't take them off unless she puts them on. Right. Come on. Uh, Neelix's apparently were... Uh... Oh, Carrie. Yes, Harry Kim. I can remember the actor's name, but not the character's name. <laughs> yeah, he's only worth. So uh, she's like, "Oh, tell me what's going on." And then Tuvok starts smirking and like, "Oh, I blew the shit out of him." He's <laughs> like, "Wait, that's that's not how Tuvok acts. <laughs> he's a Vulcan." Yeah, Tuvok doesn't act. <laughs> <laughs> so the ambassador starts freaking out. The guy up here is like, "No, I don't want you to kill innocent people. I just want to capture this one guy and, and stop this war." And Janeway's like, "No, we must destroy them all." <laughs> starts twirling her mustache or her wig. <laughs> Both. Her wig mustache. Appliances are a thing. Her her merkin. Her twirling her merkin. All right, so the Kazon crew member comes up, grabs the guy, and takes him to the brig. Well, I guess you want to be around for this. Protective custody. It's fine. Yeah. Oh, it's a good thing Elkar screens are lit up on their own. They're backlit because you can see a shit in this bridge. There must have been okay. a time in Starfleet technology development where the Elkar system was like an original Game Boy Advance. <laughs> it's like it's just like regular LCD, liquid yeah. crystal. Unless you're shining a spotlight at that damn thing. <laughs> you never uh, had a Game Boy Advance, did you? Well, I was thinking regular Game Boy, so that's what I was thinking. I was thinking like the green screen. Now, the Game Boy Advance was even harder to see. Oh, was it? Yeah, the yeah. regular Game Boy was never that bad in my experience. Yeah, you just you... had to have light in the room. With this, yeah. you had with the Game Boy Advance, you had to have light at strapped the right to... angle. You had to have a light strapped to the system itself to see it in daylight. Because then you had to worry about glare kind of negating the actual fact they have light bouncing off of it now. <laughs> you got to get the perfect angle. All right, so we cut down in some room in Voyager, and they're just, uh, it's it's Chakotay. Is that how they pronounce it in this episode? They're in sickbay. In sickbay? But they pronounce Chakotay's name funny. They go Chakotay or something. Yeah, consistently they do that. Yeah, yeah. So we have Chakotay down there, who's got a full face tattoo. Like, the other side, the whole side of his face is tattooed up. <laughs> it's like a Maori warrior. And then, uh, then the, the the badass of Voyager, Harry Kim, is down there. So you know this is serious business. I mean, he's basically the wharf of Voyager. He's kind of being the mirror universe Sulu this episode. Is that an Asian joke? Are you being racist? No, I'm just saying like Sulu was used in a similar capacity in the uh, mirror mirror. Right, right. So they're beating the snot out of one of these Kyrians or whatever. I, I can't keep on part. I don't really. Well, care. Harry is. Yeah, Harry's smacking around because Chakotay is a... Chakotay's being good cop. 
yeah, yeah, he's a man of peace who just wants this to end, and my native peoples are spiritual. Or he says something like really strangely expositional. Like, okay, <laughs> my native people are enlightened. <laughs> well, you know, when they created this uh, historic recreation, they uh, they nailed his one personality trait. <laughs> that he's native? Yes. Yeah. That he's native yeah, and he talks about it as much as possible. Chakotay. And the doctor in this, they actually give him android eyes. His, his eyes look funny like, like Data's. Yeah. Okay. I wasn't the only one who noticed that. Okay, good. I will say on the uh, costume and makeup in this episode was done really well. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, I liked the, I liked the costumes and everything, and the, the way they kind of changed the uniforms and stuff. No insignias or pips or anything. I thought it was kind of cool. Yeah, it's a lot of nice little subtle changes. Yeah. And actually, the black so, uh, turtleneck kind of looked good in those uniforms. Yeah, those look a little bit fascisty. Well, I mean, that's obviously the point. Right, right. Also, so, uh, I mean, the Doctor is super, super creepy as an android with no, like, emotion or personality presence. Mm-hmm. Just All imagine, true. just imagine if Data had opted to go into medicine. <laughs> yeah, you have to worry about any culture that goes. Let's make a robot the doctor. Good idea. Yes, something with no like capacity to even simulate empathy or right. compassion. Yeah, because say what you want about the doctor, he may be a hologram in an artificial life form, but he does have emotions, which yeah. is something that Data didn't even get. So, what's up with he that? He did in the movies. Yeah, but he had, like, a special chip. Anyway. Uh, so, yeah, so the doctor comes in, Dr. Android comes in and injects the, the prisoner with some sort of hypospray that starts dissolving I, his optic nerves. <laughs> I was going to say, actually, I don't think the not having emotions is a problem. It's more that would be the problem. It's the I'm Because Data can emphasize he understands emotions. He just doesn't feel them, but he understands how other people feel. So... Yeah. Just be, I mean, it's just that he himself doesn't experience them, but the guy the guy does uh, have empathy for others. I suppose maybe he's. Mm -hmm. I think he's programmed to as part of his moral programming, which this doctor obviously does not have. No. All right, so we're covered the bridge, and apparently the prisoner has given away the information. So Tedrin, the guy, before his head for, dissolved. Yeah, yeah, and put a Harry, and this is where Harry does kind of the anti-Riker, <laughs> <laughs> and just ducks under the railing to talk to oh, Jane yeah, Way. Yeah, that was very strange. <laughs> All right, so so anyway, so is that a, a is that a thing he does? No, well, he doesn't really now. do anything. I mean, yeah, as much as he does anything. So, yeah, they found where Tedrin is. So, Janeway sends an assault team down there to go get him. And they're still being attacked by the ships. So, four Kyrians beam into the engine room. And now this part does get pretty rad. I, I gotta say, this is pretty cool. Neelix, who's on the bridge, says, oh, they put up force fields. We can't get in. So, what do we do? Janeway's just like, oh, they left me no choice. Initiate the Borg activation sequence. Ah, ha, 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 ha. So they're good to see 709 fully borged back up, which is rad. It's like, oh, wow, 709's all borged out. That's cool. And then the camera pans back, and she's got three or four other drones with her. 
like she's got her own mini collective. That's fucking cool. No, I think it's cool. It is cool. I'm stating it. It's cool. If you disagree, you're wrong. All right. So they're in the they're in the engine room, the Kyrians or whatever, the terrorists. You know they're terrorists because they're wearing leather jackets, by the way. <laughs> just like Fonzie. Yeah, just like the Maquis. You know, if you wear leather jackets, it means, oh, you're all rough like a motorcycle rider. You're a rebel. There was that one episode of Next Generation where, like, there was the, the terrorist faction and they all had, like, a uniform that consisted of a leather jacket and, like, a white undershirt. Yep, that's what I'm saying. Fucking yeah. greasers of the galaxy. <laughs> greasers of the galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> so, biker gang? Sure. Uh, you don't know what I mean by biker gang. No, he's I, just an uh, unremarkable civilian. Yeah. Sounding a little uncomfortable because I don't know what's happening. <laughs> That's the way. See, this is why you should watch uh, more Car Ranger or any Car Ranger. Sure, that's that's why. It's on DVD. uh, It's it's on DVD. Car Ranger. Get from Shout Factory. I'll uh, I'll order those right from Spain or wherever that stuff comes from. California, I think. (laughs) (laughs) See, it would be a short trip for it to get to you too, because like it's right there. That's true. All right, so in engineering, the, the Borg teleport in past the force fields without ease and then quickly dispatch the uh, the four... Uh, past the force fields without ease? With what? ease. <laughs> I don't know. So anyway, so they eliminate the, the, the terrorist people. The resistance is futile. But hey, two of them survived. Like the Kyrians have been, have been destroyed or whatever, and their tumor is still alive. So Jamie's like, ah. Just turn them into Borgs. We'll expand your fighting force. So, like, holy shit, she's going around and simulating her own little collective. That's probably where the other three came from. It would would have actually been kind of neat to see real Seven of Nine just kind of making her own collective out of the... uh, That included, like, the kids, I guess, just so she didn't feel so lonely all the time. That is terrifying. She'd have a bunch of like six-year-old Borgified children. Ugh. Well, it's it's a collective. It's it's like a family. There was one oh. episode where Seven and Nine was like taking charge of some project and was assigning a bunch of the crew that was working with their Borg designations. Oh, yeah, that was a good episode. I remember that. I don't remember anything else about that episode, but I remember that because she demoted Harry. <laughs> yeah, that's right. She's like, you're, instead of being one of nine, you're now two of nine or something. He was like, wait, what? I didn't care about it until you demoted me. <laughs> Which is, oh, that was funny. So, yeah, now uh, now Kim kind of does. Now, the question is, what did he get demoted for? I don't remember. He was talking back. Yeah, probably incompetence. Wait, wait. Know. He actually can talk back, other than just, okay, I'll do whatever I need to do for the plot. Yes. Which, well, I guess talking back is included in that. Yeah, that's basically what it boiled down to. (laughs) So, here's the thing. That seems like uh, more of a something that would have been a Tom Paris thing. Yeah, I don't think he was on the team for that episode, but yeah, you're probably right. If he would have been there, it probably would happened to him. I mean, this is stupid. No, wait, I got demoted. That is that is entirely Tom Paris. 
Oh, no, he would have been thrown the brig, not demoted. She would have tossed both, him in an airlock. Both of those things happened to Tom Paris at various points. It's <laughs> <That's> all true. <laughs> so, so at this point, Harry Kim comes swinging under the uh, the little command bar and, and starts, you know, uh, uh, flying monkey talking into Janeway's ear. Yes, master. <laughs> they got so Tedrin. We... They're taking him to what used to be the mess hall. Right, which is now the security chamber or something, torture chamber or whatever. No, man, the doctor looks freaky with those contacts in. Yeah. All right, so the ambassador guy, the first guy is here. Now they got Tedrin and a female companion of, of his. He looks like an 80s dad. He looks like Tom Thick. It's Tom more TNG Thick. here. Yeah, Alan Thick, not Tom Thick. Alan Thick. Tom yeah, with Thick. TNG here. Yeah, I don't know who that was. Maybe that's maybe I should like stop watching this. Kind of, yeah, maybe I should stop watching those videos <laughs> while I'm recording. <laughs> oh my, it's Peter North. I mean, I mean, look, it's the North Star. Um. So yeah, so. Tedrin is like all heroic and 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 martyr like and oh we can solve this peacefully why are you being involved in this and Janeway's all like ah because we were promised a way home and we'll stop at nothing <laughs> to return to your home you would destroy ours yep <laughs> without hesitation and you would do the same thing he's like no I wouldn't I am morally superior to you It's not like the little look Janeway gives him, like, mm-hmm, and walks behind him, grabs a phaser rifle, and shoots his companion. <laughs> uh, but not before she makes the demand of, like, surrender or whatever. It's like, look, we can end this peacefully or you're going to die. Either way, we're going to win. So tell your people to surrender. Never. I am Never give up. Right. Never surrender. I'll never give in to the likes of you. And this scene kind of drags on, so that's why we're kind of repeating ourselves. <laughs> Long story short, she shoots him in the back of the head. Yeah. I like how Janeway, I do like how she goes with the security guy and like wrenches the rifle out of his hand. Like, and like then when he she's done, she just tosses it back to him. Yeah. I like that, the amount of effort it took to get the rifle out of his arms, though. He was like, <laughs> she was like, get, get, give me the, just get, Ugh. okay. <laughs> and shoots him right in the back. To which the ambassador's like, no, I want to do this peacefully. Oh, no. I'm just a victim to mean old Janeway. And they just leave the bodies laying there in the room. So I imagine, like, all of her voyagers, like, just dead prisoners kind of laying everywhere. Imagine the smell. Well, they got to feed the replicator something. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> kind of chuff them up to little pieces to get them in the little alcove. So I'm sure if you just, like, you know, start stuffing them in, it'll just dematerialize as much as it can. You feed some more in. <laughs> Holy shit, can you imagine doing that to a person? It's like a wood chipper, but a, but a replicator. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much what I had in mind. Feet first, and so they live longer. <laughs> well, these are already dead, so I assume they just put them in head first. Yeah. So, two so like, once carrying... you get past a certain point being dematerialized, you've got a lot smaller chunks to work with, so it'd be easier. <laughs> Well, yeah, it's like grating cheese. You know, you got to watch your knuckles at the very end. You might lose a finger. Yeah. Uh, so two million Kyrians were slaughtered within days, all because of Voyager. So we're, this is the historian talking, obviously. So he turns back to his enraptured audience. And that's why the Jews had it coming. 
Intro quote. <laughs> I could swear I have him saying that already. Oh, whatever. So he goes to this big thing about like, how Janeway fucked up everything and now the Carrion struggle for equality is here and the other race was like took them over and occupied their lands and they're treated as second class citizens and da 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 So thanks for coming on the tour. The gift shop's around the corner. Uh, you might have any questions. See the rest of the exhibit. So one guy. Yes, I have a question. I yes. am the token Holocaust denier. Oh, shit. And I am denying the Holocaust. Oh, what dear. do you say to that? Enter oh, God. <laughs> I don't care how long it is. I'm going to finally use that. Also, probably an intro quote. <laughs> I don't know. I don't care how long it is. I'm going to find a way to handle it. <laughs> I'm not All making right, that an intro quote, Scott. <laughs> I, I was just doing it for reference. Um, is that a pterodactyl in the background of the room? Do they have pterodactyls on this planet? Maybe they came from Earth from the episode where Chakotay were made from No, the no, no. They came from Mars. <sighs> no, that's where the biker mice came from. No, uh, no. Remember, they were trying. The Voyager wasn't yeah, I, going I know, back to I Earth. Know. She was going back to Mars. I know. Oh, oh Jesus. They need to get their ass to Mars. <laughs> All right. So uh, we see, okay, I, I don't understand what I'm seeing in this scene because, there's, okay, there, there's a person uh, kind of <clears throat> sticking their hand inside of one of the uh, Voyager's photon torpedoes casings. Uh, it looks like a 12-year-old boy who's balding. <laughs> he looks like a 35-year-old, 12-year-old. No, 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 see, it's just their version of Patrick Stewart. I I mean, seriously. Tom Hardy at... not available? <laughs> <laughs> So literally, this I don't know how old this person is. So the guy, the the, the museum guy comes up and goes like, "Oh, you know, watch out! It it could explode." <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. You're fine. Get out of here, scamp. <laughs> Pets him on the buzz. He walks away. Be careful; they can't be replaced. All right. So one guy who's from they the can't other be race. They only have eight of those left. I mean twelve. <laughs> I mean sixteen. <laughs> I mean forty. <laughs> All right, so uh, one of the guys who's on the tour, he's from the other race, not the Kyrians, the other guys, the uh, brown people. He's like, oh, that's a nice story. How can you prove that any of that is true? To which the museum guy is like, well, we have evidence all around you. Just look. There are things here, which means my story is automatically true no matter what. That's pretty much how we've learned ancient history today. (laughs) Yeah. We know they used pots in this one town. Therefore, they had a pot-centric civilization. Eh, not necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> they worshipped pots as gods. No, they just... No, 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 they worship pot as god. No, that's California and Colorado. <clears throat> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's legal out here now. Uh, so anyway, so the so the other brown guy, the, the skeptic guy, is like, look, I have... I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. What was the description, Scott? The brown guy. <laughs> The untrustworthy, shifty, lazy brown guy. I don't know why this is so... (laughs) We're talking about Star Trek. (laughs) God, I fucking hate these brown guys coming over to the planet, taking my damn jobs. 
And anyway, <laughs> this guy has Jewish friends, so he can't right, he can't be space racist. Spacist, right? Uh, so he's like, look, I just you know I have friends. I have no problem with your people. Uh, I just don't like the fact that you're making my people to be out these horrible bad guys when they're not. You don't have proof. So this starts gathering a crowd of the people who are in the museum. Or more, well, less gathering a crowd, more people just stop what they're doing and stare from where they were. Yeah. No, no, they're, no, they're walking around. They're all, like, getting in a circle about to go, fight, 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 fight. World star hip-hop. All right. So the guy's what? like, <laughs> you know what world star hip-hop is? All right. Do a Google no. search. You'll, you'll be enlightened. It's very entertaining. Fort Max, haven't you learned by now not to ask questions? <laughs> Especially for me, isn't hip hop like blocked? I I should have I should have listened to Excel more. Well, uh, that's about you know questioning you, not questioning other people. The Microsoft Office program? No, the writer. That's word. <laughs> I have no idea what's happening right now, so I'm just going to move on. So you should watch Common Writer Double. Sure, I'll get right on that. That's that's. That's not on DVD from Shout Factory. <laughs> okay. But it is available on Torrent. Good. In good Blu-ray to know. quality. Fantabulous. Top of my list. So apparently they found some artifact uh recently that's has some sort of data storage device that's gonna shed some light on the whole situation that the museum guy's like, oh well, as soon as I get my hands on it, we'll We'll figure out what's really going on, and I'll have evidence that the history played out exactly as I said. Ah ha ha! And the guy's and like, "What if it doesn't?" <laughs> so, so Fort Max, tell me on whose side you're on in this situation. I am on the. Oh God, could they not make any? Could they not have done a more obvious Holocaust denier guy? I guess, but I mean. Considering how the episode plays out, I don't know if that's really the case. Maybe this would have been a better episode if, like, the conflict was over whether their planet was always round or flat. <laughs> and they'd still piss off somebody. <laughs> All right. So we get kind of a weak matte painting of the city at night. I thought it was kind of weak. All that's because right, so, okay. it was painted for day and then they filtered it to night. Yeah, yeah. Well, I said the the structure and things not that great. So apparently, it's nighttime, it's the middle of the night. The museum guy comes walking in with some object in his hand, and for being like an archaeologist who guy who gets information and runs a museum, there's like nobody else to do this. He just can do it himself. It's this important piece of their planetary history, and he just does this by himself, I guess. Perhaps he's like their a, foremost expert. Maybe I guess, but there's like no else, nobody else. No interns. Him. Yeah, no, no nothing. It's not so no interns, got... it's no interest. Yeah, that's probably true. So uh, he turns on the holodeck again and goes to uh, Voyager's uh, recreated engine room where he's hoping now, to be... Now, one thing that I, one touch that I do like is how they just have a window to the, a massive window to the holodeck. Yeah, yeah, so that's kind of interesting. But also you think, wouldn't it be better if, like, you had the people <clears throat> inside? inside rather than just viewing from one specific okay, angle? Okay, so I think, I think... They reverse-engineered holodeck technology from stuff they took from Voyager 700 years ago. So, like, all they know is that the holodeck is potentially fatal. They never really figured out that whole <laughs> well, safety well, protocol well, thing. Uh, you know, actually, that's, a, 
this is an actual good idea. <laughs> they created an entire room as a torture device to maim and and is it actually a window or is it just a video screen? Well, Dude, we have an actual holodeck, and at a couple you points know, we see the window. You can see from, yeah. There are shots from inside, from in the program where you can see the window out to the museum. But that and might be an artistic license. It might it could, be, that but could be a hologram as well. But here's my thing, though, because doesn't the holodeck, as people separate, adjust things like create little it mini isolates, half holodecks? Yeah. So if you're just looking at a window on that, it would look insane. Although, I mean, right. that's probably why everybody's kept outside during the simulation. So, like, the group is together and the simulation only focuses on one thing at a time. I, I just wonder if it's, like, a virtual camera. Showing that's what I'm going. thinking. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, probably. Well, I mean, right. I, I assume it's just like how you could see the program from on a holodeck from out in the hallway, but it's just okay like that, but they just put some glass over the door that doorway. Perhaps, perhaps. So uh so the guy's in, in the engineering, you know, recreate engineering, he's got these, you know, period specific tools he's hoping is gonna help him unlock this data matrix. So it's just full of data. He's trying to figure out what it is. And over a course of a minute or two he figures out, wait a minute, this is a hollow matrix. There's a program running in here and it's a hologram. So when he activates it, thanks to the nature of the medical emergency. Thank goodness. And we're only about halfway into the episode. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes to some panel and is trying to clear up the interference or whatever. And uh, yeah, there he is. There's the doctor. Hooray. Who's wearing the real uniform? Now, does does the doctor wear pips on his collar or no? No, he does not. Okay, he, he, he has doesn't no... have a rank. Okay, yeah, because I was I was I, not having seen any other Voyager episodes in a long time previous, a except when he activates the CMH protocol where they appear one by one. Right, right. Just, just fucking rad. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's a uh, Tinker Tenor Doctor Spy. You can actually see him go through the promotions. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> It's like when you gain a bunch of levels in a video game, but you don't actually process them until you go to like the room and then you do it all at once. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like how if you like if uh, like in Pokemon, yeah, like in Gen One Pokemon, where uh, you just faint a very high level Pokemon with like your level three and ding, ding, forever and ever. <laughs> right. So the. The poor doctor is freaking the fuck out. I was like, you've stolen my program. You've kidnapped me. Where are we at? I'm trying to get on the sensors. Like, no, 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 you're, you're not. You're on a recreation. You're you're actually not on Voyager. It's okay. And he slowly explains to him, like, you're a hologram, uh, and it's 700 years in the future. Okay, I know I'm a hologram. <laughs> right. I yeah, know so, me. I don't know you. So this is a EMH backup. So this is the thing he does, I guess, instead of sleeping, he goes and makes a backup of himself every day, and this is the latest backup of that time period. So this is a copy of the Doctor. You know, earlier in the season, they had a whole thing about how they didn't have a backup of the Doctor. Really? Or maybe sometime in the season, when they went, well, the Herogen Array that time, remember? <laughs> wait wait that's, a minute there, See, see that's, that's because the they lost their backup module. Or are you trying to tell me that Voyager was it inconsistent? Had bad continuity, yeah. No. 
that can't be true. Except every time that it is. <laughs> All right. So, yes, yeah, in 700 years, and the poor doctor has to come to terms with the fact that he is a man hologram uh, out of time and place. And uh, yeah, he's never getting home. And Voyager's long gone. To him, it was literally yesterday that he was talking to everybody, but now he's here. So Robert Picardo, again, fantastic actor. Joy to watch him. Yeah, so he, he doesn't believe him. He tries to run out. I was expecting him to run out the door and then fade into nothing because there's not a hollow emitter to wherever he's running to. Yeah, it's convenient that this whole museum is full of just, like, you know, holographic emitters. Right. But I do notice that the, the museum guy, he's holding the emitter in his hand, the, or the storage device anyway, if not the emitter. Mm -hmm. So I assume that the storage device is the emitter? I don't think so. No? Yeah, I don't know. Never really, they don't really explain that. Wow, All right, what so... a shock. Hmm? I said, wow, what a shock. Yeah. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Voyager doesn't explain something. So the doctor starts having a, trying to come to terms with his predicament. It's like, so what, what are you going to do with me now? I mean, I like he makes a, oh, I'm a holographic Rip Van Winkle, to which the alien guy doesn't go, I don't know who the fuck that is. I don't know your culture. <laughs> well, obviously, we're going to put you on trial for the cr war crimes you've committed. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, what? <laughs> no, it'll be great. Yeah, the, museum, the museum guy's a little too... A little too blithe about this whole thing. Although it's it's a little tiny, interesting bit of like world building for this culture that we never see or hear from again. Like they actually have laws on the books that machines and holograms are considered sentient individuals and responsible for their actions, which means they have like androids and holograms just as part of their society. Right, right. Yeah, that is kind of neat, but. At the same time, it was only to the service of adding threat to the doctor for dramatic purposes. Though. Yeah. So it's like, eh. So like, oh, he's like starts you know railing at the image on the screen. It's like that's not the Voyager. We didn't have thirty torpedo tubes and twenty five phaser banks. This is bullshit. Well, the records say that you only had so many uh, photon <laughs> torpedoes for per torpedo tube, but <laughs> the records show that you've gone through. At least five uh, times few... that many. Yeah. <laughs> so we had to extrapolate a little bit. Right. So, uh, so yeah, so, yeah, so the doctor's trying to explain to him, it's like, like well, the, well, the museum guy's kind of like, oh, we reconstructed it from partially, uh, partial schematics that were highly corroded from being in the ocean for hundreds of years. And he kind of like trails off at the end of like, yeah, this doesn't sound very good. <laughs> kind of losing my thread here. So Doctor's like, we were explorers, we weren't warmongers, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. And he's like, yeah, I know, you're trying to get home to Mars. It's like, Earth, you idiot! <laughs> so what if I'm guilty? What happens to me then? Oh, we'll just delete your program. Would you, we just no, drag you through the recycling bin and throw you in. No! Which is kind of a weird thing to do, but whatever. All right, so the doctor's like, well, let me tell my side of the story. Let me set the record straight. And, and then he does the dumb thing of like, let me see your version. So which means we have to go back into the simulation and see mirror universe assholes. So we're in the conference room. Yeah, so this this is set before any of the stuff we've seen up to this point. 
Yeah, yeah. This is like the precursor stuff. So they're yeah. trying to figure out how to like attack these people or whatever, and they're all bickering to one another and insulting one another. And Janeway's just hanging back, watching everyone fight like rabid dogs. Yeah, uh, Paris and Chakotay <laughs> start hitting each other. Yeah, I, I like how the doctor's thinking with his mouth open. He's literally his mouth is literally a gate. <laughs> what? What? Well, well except, except Mr. To... Paris, you got him pretty much right. Yeah. Chain <laughs> <laughs> way to get him with attention. Fires a phaser at the bulkhead. <laughs> Almost every... broke the L cars. Yeah. It's okay. Voyager has plenty of replacement parts. Mm-hmm. They're All better right, so shots than most star bases. So the the doctor, android doctor. It's like, oh, I've got uh, all kind of biological weapons I can create to attack the people with. So, yay. All right, everyone get out. And, of course, the doctor's highly offended by this. My eyes aren't yellow. They would clash with the uniform. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because if anything, I mean, it's so funny just how outrageously emotional the Doctor really is. I've always thought that was really funny. He's he's so much more emotional than, like, even the crew members. It would have been funny if for the Android version of the Doctor, they painted his skin data color. I think that would have been rad. See Robert <laughs> Picardo in data makeup? I think that would have been cool as shit, besides just the, just the contacts. Yeah. So, again, the historian guy is telling the person who lived through it, no, that's not really happened. And like it's like, dude, I lived it. I was there yesterday. Don't tell me I'm wrong. I was there. Auschwitz was was just a farming community. I don't know what you're talking about. Happy now, Fort Max. I've done the I've done the Holocaust thing. <laughs> Intro <laughs> quote. <laughs> <laughs> Fine, we'll use your narrative. Adolf Scottler. <laughs> I swear to God, if Cosmic Duck photoshops me with a Hitler mustache, I'm gonna be so pissed. If that's what we get out of Cosmic Duck, all right. So now, and this is well. Now weird. you've said that you don't want him to do a thing, so yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. Yeah, so it'd be such a shame if someone just happened to like send a picture of you to Cosmic Duck uh, to facilitate this grand project. Yes. So this is part of the episode that kind of annoyed me a little bit because the doctor is like, oh gosh, what happened? And he's like trying to remember the, the details of the situation. I'm thinking... That happened a, yesterday. Yeah, it happened yesterday and you're a computer. Your memory should be perfect. Why are you having to think, oh gosh, what really happened? Let me think about it for a minute. Um, no, you backup modules slightly degraded. I guess. But yeah, they don't explain... If they, see, if they would have said that, that would have been powering the facts. Say that again? His personality routine is overpowering the facts. <laughs> yeah. So. Let me see. Did this happen? No, it didn't. You're an idiot. Yeah, and then the guy goes, well, maybe you should watch the rest of the recreation and then determine. It's like, why do I have to determine? I was there. So he takes him back to the room, uh, back to the scene where Janeway shoots uh, Tedrin in the back. And, uh... Yeah, we got to see this scene again. Thanks. Okay, you're padding. All right, come on. Move it forward. Come on, kick it to work, sweet. Anyway, long story short, the doctor proposes that he writes his own uh, holo program of the events as he remembers them. 
Yeah, he does go in this little thing. He's like, oh, I happen to be quite proficient writing hollow novels, so I should be very good at this. <laughs> but I thought it was like, oh, yeah, he did. He did do stuff like that. That's awesome. I'm great at writing fiction. Let me tell you what happened. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> what do you mean you don't believe me? <laughs> yeah, and then we all got naked and we started yiffing. I don't know what the problem is here. Yeah, so he was saying, like, oh, he wasn't so Are there furries in the 24th century? Uh, yeah. Is that why we have holodecks? Yeah. Okay, what I want to know is, obviously there's probably some alien culture out there that is basically a furry naturally. So do they have, like, a subculture? Well, they're, they're... Let me go with this. Do they have like a subculture then that they would call like a smoothie? Mm. Who, you know, dress in like skin suits? God, can you imagine how terrifying that'd be to walk in, in a room full of Byzantine <laughs> dressed as humans fucking each other? <laughs> I'm thinking it's more like, you know, Chewbacca wearing like a Buffalo Bill skin suit. Yes, that's right. It's not even like a realistic skin suit. It's just like latex. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it, it looks like a human sports mascot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he looks like, like I don't know, Bill. like Rowdy, I guess. It's <laughs> where they shit all the Cleveland Indians mascot uniforms just shot off into space. They <laughs> right. land on some furry planet. Like, what are these? <laughs> I'm aroused. <laughs> Of course, they don't. They, you know, of course, the, the those suits don't have penises on them, so they had to guess what human penises look like. But they look like zippers. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Let me wow. just link my zipper with yours. I'm gonna fuck you with my YKK. So you just you know connect the teeth together with the sliding mechanism, and then we're one. Oh, that's terrific. <laughs> Woof. All right, so. Uh... <laughs> It's it would be like two mascot shirt mascot uniforms or outfits zipped together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So at this point the doctor's had enough of this shit. He's like, okay, look, you're full of shit. Have you kind of noticed that your people are shown as being like all perfect and Mary Sue and they're martyrs and heroes and they've never done anything wrong? It's like, you really think history is that clean and that neat? Please. This is obviously made to make you feel better about your people's history. It's like, whoa, dude. It's like, we were the victims, we're not the aggressors. It's like, yeah, I was there. And like, I don't really give a shit. I just, you know, I'm just telling you what I saw. And the guy just straight up says, I don't believe you, because, oh, you're just a mass murderer trying to protect himself. And then he just unceremoniously uh, shuts him off. Turns him off. Yeah. <laughs> that is a dick move. And I was like, okay, well, I'm expecting the credits to roll nigh. But no, then we get like 20 minutes of dude's moral quandary and his, you know, personal reflections on, well, what if he wasn't lying? Yeah, which is kind of neat to see that the character. What if the space holocaust didn't happen? (laughs) Okay, see, this is where I was afraid this metaphor was going to go because I know where this episode was going. Uh, all right, so yes, yeah, in his personal quarters or whatever, and he's doing a personal log, going, "Well, what if you, you know we yeah. were wrong about some things? What if we're wrong about everything?" 
This well, episode needs Gavin to show up and save the day. He's obviously no scientist if he thinks like that. <laughs> what if we're wrong about one thing, we're wrong about other things? Yes. No scientist <laughs> yeah. would ever admit that. <laughs> okay. Sure. Yeah, those fucking scientists. Mm-hmm. I hate those guys. What are they? What have they ever done for us? As said on Skype over the internet. Yeah, Al yeah. Gore invented that, and he was no scientist. No, yes. XV, get your facts straight. Skype was a gift from God. <laughs> it's God's will that we have Skype. Yes. All right, so apparently the doctor was saying something about, oh, if I just have my medical tricorder that I used to examine the body, if we get activated, I can prove to you that he was killed by one of uh, by one of your weapons. Well, I think not... we're getting a bit ahead of yourselves. Does it matter? Okay, let's wrap it up. Well, yeah. no, well, no, I'm just well, I'm just saying that's what the doctor was saying before he got deleted. So the museum guy walks over, looks at the tricorder, picks it up, and goes, nah, and sets it back down. <laughs> well, it doesn't work anyway. Yeah, yeah, and there's like... No porn on it, so... It's several hundred years old. It kind of stopped working at some point. Which proves yeah. even Starfleet technology is not infallible. Either that uh, or they just need to charge the thing. Again, not infallible. Yeah. If it was really <laughs> an advanced Starfleet device, it would have perpetual power. Mm-hmm. Like solar. Geothermal. It's a tricorder that runs on geothermal. A topological defect. No, it's just like those little flashlights you have to shake. Oh, okay. So it's a jack-off light. Gotcha. That's why the medical tricorder has the little removable module. It's an extra battery unit, so like you shake both of them at once and you get twice the power. Yeah, they're not scanning people when they wave in front of people's faces. They, they're they're recharging it from their infrared energy coming off their bodies. Yeah, they're just topping up. Yep. So uh, so the museum guy walks in, creates the Voyager again, walks in, turns on the uh, doctor. The doctor goes, please take the nature of the medical. Oh, it's you. I thought that was funny. So now he goes, oh, you give me a lot to think about. You might be right. Let's sit down and actually talk about this. Fine. I... On one condition. Do not ever turn me off in the middle of a sentence again. I hate that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> gives me bad. It gives me bad memories. Yeah, which I thought was a... You know, kind of like, running back. check disc can help with that. <laughs> Go defrag yourself. <laughs> Hologram insults. All right, yeah, so the doctor's just kind of like, look, either you're going to listen to me and do things my way, or I'll just turn myself off and I can sleep for another 700 years. Fuck you, I don't care. I'm not even real. What do you even want? <laughs> All right, so, yeah, the museum is like, okay, well, maybe I do want to know what really happened. <laughs> the doctor's being all, like, passive-aggressive. Oh, you're going to listen to a mass murderer like me? Uh -huh. If I don't, this episode's not going to go anywhere. Or it might be over in, in 30 minutes instead of an hour. Wait, we told another hour? Yes. I keep backing it up. We keep going over the same scenes over and over again. Okay. Is this a Ken review? <laughs> <laughs> Tell the story backwards. All right. So, yeah, I think this is the part where the doctor, yeah, this is where the doctor offers to rewrite everything and revise the plot and redo the characters and all that stuff. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I kind of jumped the gun on that. Oh, well. What are you going to do? Decompile me? 
No, I jumped the gun on that because I was trying to get us through this. Oh. <laughs> All right. So now we cut back into Janeway's room, which is all pleasantly well lit and sure hairs down, looks normal. And her and the ambassador are having a wonderful conversation and they're trading dilithium for medical supplies. And she's so friendly and oh, it's like Sesame Street version of Voyager. Don't you fucking dare say that about Jim Henson ever again. <laughs> Come on, Neelix would have been a Muppet. You just think. Just think you that can't prove to me. Better. You can't prove to me Neelix wasn't a Muppet. <laughs> Tell me how Neelix would have been worse if he was a Muppet. Oh no, he wouldn't have been. It'd been great. Imagine seeing the little sticks holding his little vil- uh, his little arms up and everything. Every last bit of Neelix's character will be better served by being a Muppet with like furry skin and all. Yeah. I agree with that. Uh, like right, imagine so... making those those romantic cuddly things with Kiss as a Muppet. Okay, so slight modification to the concept here. You don't replace Neelix with a Muppet, you replace Neelix with Elf. Jesus. <laughs> And also keeping the chef, though. So you always have to wonder if there's a little cat in the food. <laughs> I did uh. consider that, yes. Cote's <laughs> walking out like a bowl of soup, like pulling fur out of his tongue. <laughs> Where does all this cat hair keep coming well, from? They, they do use every part of the cat. Mm. <laughs> Chewy cat anus. The Indians called it meows. <laughs> I knew I was smart enough to get that, but I appreciate it. No, no, you weren't. It just wasn't funny. No, it wasn't. It was a very corny joke. You shut the fuck up. <laughs> All right, so her and the ambassador are having pleasantries, and oh, well, good job. Shake hands, everyone leaves happy. Then suddenly the ship's being attacked. Oh no, red alert. <clears throat> now they're being fired upon by three ships, the Kyrians. Oh no. So it might actually be the Kyrians of the bad guys. Now we get to see this for reals. Does Voyager die? God, yes, I think it does. I think this was the final episode, wasn't it? Would have been better than the final episode we got. There's like a slow zoom in of like Janeway's frozen face and floating through the void. <laughs> Meanwhile, off screen, the doctor is like, damn it, this thing froze on me again. <laughs> All right. So now there's a, just like in the other simulation, there are intruders in the engineering bay and there's a Telden or whatever his fucking name was, uh, who's taking hostages and they're just grabbing and smashing everything they can out of engineering. Tuvok runs down there with a security detail uh, but unfortunately, they grab Seven of Nine, who just acquiesces and just gets dragged away by a couple of dudes in leather jackets. Terrorists. I mean, yeah, I mean, couldn't Seven of Nine basically take them all on without breaking a sweat? But then I the mean, scene would be over. Uh, all right. So this part I don't get. It's like, oh, now they've gone into another part of the ship. They're on deck 12, whatever, doing this, that, and the other. So then Janeway grabs a phaser and goes personally. The captain of the ship goes on the assault team to go track these people with a hologram and the ambassador. What the fuck? I mean, are there literally only two security dudes in this entire ship? Except for when uh, Tuvok deputizes Neelix out of desperation. Horrifying. All right, so the ambassador does these, like, you know, side comes like, oh, they're so devious and treacherous. Nyar. Can't trust them. They're terrible. 
All right, so they go to the mess hall. Uh, the doctor wisely says, uh, I'm a hologram. I'm immune to phaser fire, so I'm going to walk in there first and draw their fire. And you then, know, uh, I bet when this actually happened, he didn't say anything of the sort. <laughs> You're probably right. It was just, <laughs> doctor, you go in front. Yeah, Janeway probably told him to do it. You're a hologram. You go first. Oh, but doctor, I'll be, oh, it tingles when that happens. Somebody had to remind him he was immune to phaser fire. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> No, he did, he just wanted to complain about it. That yeah. too. All right. So Tilden is like, "Oh, you're the, the ambassador is here to get the ship's help to destroy us." And she's like, "Jane was like, no, we don't. We didn't know you two were fighting. We're just training medical supplies for dilithium, and we'll be on our way. We don't know why you're doing this. This is bullshit." If we knew but, you were fighting, we probably would have stayed the hell away. Right. We don't want you part of your fucking problems. Unless uh, getting involved so some, would have made it harder for us to get home, in which case we, you know, would have showed up anyway. <laughs> yeah. So two security guys pump in the back, which distracts Teldon. Uh, then 709 finally acts and, like, punches him in the chest. He collapses to the ground. Uh, and the ambassador grabs a weapon and shoots the shit out of him and kills him. In the most undignified baby sleeping pose I've ever seen. The rest of the security guys take the rest of the leather-clad terrorists and leaves them out. At this point, the doctor freezes the program and go, and he's walking around with the museum guy and a couple of arbiters who are important, apparently. Well, they're the people who would be determining his guilt. Yeah, I guess so. So, and then, uh, so immediately the the person from the museum guy's race is like, oh, this is bullshit. You're a mass murderer. You're just trying to cover your ass. It's like, well, no. But so then you know, he goes. The, the orange folk are kind of fine with this because it just paints their, you know, their uh, counterparts in the more negative light because they started the damn thing. Right, right. They kind of started the whole damn attacking white people. Or, you know. Yeah. And damn nose breathers. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to come up with like racial slurs on the spot for aliens like this. Spoonheads. Although I did. I did say that the uh, yeah, that the uh, the the brown snaky people, the Vaskins or whatever, are always very calm and very measured in what they say. So they're not exactly very excited. That's stereotyping. <laughs> well, of the two that I've seen, they both talk the same way. So yeah, with their stink, with their bad driving and stinky food. I said it. I'll stand by it. Vaskin food smells bad. All right. So, yeah, they're all freaking out. It's like, oh, this goes against our history, and this is bullshit. You shouldn't listen to this murderer. Even the museum guy's like, yeah, but, you know, the facts are actually more complex than we thought. We can't just use this as an excuse anymore. Okay, arrest, murder, whatever. Okay. Yeah, you're such a victim. I'm on the commission because you need a token Kyrian. <laughs> So which even the museum guy's like, hey, 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 let's not get racial with this. There's nothing about that. This is about facts. And she starts airing her grievances about, oh, I'm so put upon, and you've, uh, you know, put our people down for so long, and how dare you. And we can't even go to send our kids to the same schools as you. Right. And we have to live outside the city. Yeah. In camps. Where we're all concentrated together. <laughs> well, we have to think really hard about things. <laughs> you, you just add water to thin them out. <laughs> right. 
Right. You, right. Put, so, you put a bunch of concentrated nose breathers or whatever in a hole, and you just add water. And out grows an atrocity. <laughs> an atrocity. <laughs> yeah, it blooms with strange fruit. Remember ah. to do your part this Arbor Day and plant an atrocity tree. Trees are terrific. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, that commercial. Yay, you got it. Ha <laughs> 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 well, You made him make you happy, so that's worth something. Alright, so back kind of on the quote Voyager's sick bay. The uh, doctor is trying to get his uh, tricorder to work again. He's replicated some tools to help him. Uh, and then suddenly the Voyager is under attack. Well, that's yeah. not normal. Well, no, no. here's where he goes in this weird thing. He's like, oh, too bad we couldn't recreate Torres. And the guy's like, who, who the fuck is that? It's like, oh, she was the... Uh, oh, no, the other guy was like, oh, you mean the transporter chief? He's like, no, the main engineer. I don't want to make that correction in your history books. And, oh, she was so lovely and kind and pretty and never yelled or hit people. Or His memory is definitely a damaged. raging bitch all the time. <laughs> Notice he never says that she was good at her job. <laughs> <laughs> she was so pretty. And She's she a woman. Nice. How could she have been good at her job? She oh. was pretty and beautiful, but she w- was really emotional. Right. <laughs> Hysterical, you might say. <laughs> I never laughed at anything she did. <laughs> you know, if she smiled more, she would have been prettier. <laughs> if she would have just dressed up more. <laughs> well, the scene keeps going. I have to keep filling in the fucking face <laughs> of this. It's just going to get worse, y'all. Okay, so explosions, and eventually a mob comes in and starts trashing the museum. Fine, we'll move forward. So, yes, the the uh, simulation's under attack. So they run into the museum, and yeah, there's a fucking riot squad running in with baseball bats. No, it's not a riot of- squad. It's a riot. The riot squad is the people who respond to the riot. Yeah, oh, yes, it's a riot led by a uh, stock Holocaust denier from earlier in the episode. Yeah, and these are all uh, Vaskins running around. These are all the, the Brownskin lizard people running around, smashing everything, breaking everything. So, But this isn't – at first I thought this was an attack just in the museum, but apparently because of the, the new information that's come out, apparently the entire city and planet is rioting. There's a huge race riots everywhere. Holy shit. Whoops. And they're, and they're using photon grenades. See, like, this might be why there's a prime directive. Nah, he should always fuck with other cultures if you think it's necessary. <laughs> for fun and profit. So they drop the tricorder. At oh. which point uh, does the prime directive interference sort of wane away? Because it's been 700 fucking years since Voyager stuck their nose in. But did the doctor Surely people have made their own choices since then. Yeah, it's not like the doctor, I mean, is he commissioned in Starfleet, honestly? I mean, how does that even work? He doesn't have rank. He's not technically a person. I mean, to the crew he is, but not to Starfleet. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, apparently it's the next morning. Everything's all smashed and broken. Uh, the doctor and the museum guy are uh, just, you know, the museum is like telling the doctor, there are riots everywhere. People have been killed already. This is horrible. And the poor doctor is just like, this is my fault? And the music guy tries to explain to him, it's like, well, no, you were just the catalyst. This kind of pressure has been building up for a long, long time, but this was the spark that finally ignited it. 
The Kyrians are demanding you're punished for your crimes. The Vaskins want to hear your version of the events again and continue the investigation. So no one knows what's going to happen. It's bad times. It's bad times, y'all. And they're looking for the tricorder that the doctor uh, dropped for for, uh, plot reasons. Yeah. Now, this part in the episode I thought was really interesting. This is the kind of part I started actually respecting the episode a lot more. Is the doctor immediately goes, fucking delete me then. This is not worth it. People are getting hurt. Your culture is uh, uh, under upheaval. The truth is not worth this. There are people dying and getting hurt. Fucking live with your martyr. Live with the lie. That's your history, your culture. No problem. Say I was damaged. No one's going to blame you. We can all walk away. And I like that. The well, we can't all walk away. I mean, you know, he'll be deleted, but. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, not that two people have already been killed. Um, Yeah, that's true. But I mean, the fact is the doctor as a moral entity would sacrifice himself to save this culture from tearing itself apart, even at the cost of it being against the truth, which I think is very interesting. Yeah. Here's a question. Do we know enough about both sides here to determine which one of these people is the shitty one? Uh, I think so. I think the, I think the episode's pretty clear, saying the uh, the Kyrians, the the nose nose people, nose nostril people. I mean, those I are the think, ones who I think they we're instigated su- everything. They I think started we're supposed to fight. assume the doctor's account is the factually correct one. I'm more of the mind that it's still a case of like the truth is somewhere in the middle of the two. Um, but because on this is this one in this one specific instance, it's the case of yeah. This side was clear ass were the assholes, but apparently that this stuff had been going on long long before. Um, yeah, exactly right. I mean, from what the episode tells us as we get farther in, the account of history at the start is flawed beyond just not getting Voyager's details right. Like um, Tedrin was portrayed as being the leader of his people at the time, where it looks like from how the Doctor saw it, he was just one guy in a strike party. And because he became a martyred right. figure, his prominence in history rose and eventually that evolved to the point of where in the future they just assumed he was a leader at the time. Like I think And not the leader of a few of uh, four guys in leather jackets. Right. right. And like I think while we're supposed to take the doctor's account as being factually correct for this, at the same time, you could interpret it as the doctor has a very limited perspective on what's going on. He's probably filling in some of the blanks from his own extrapolation, his own understanding of the situation at the time. Like, I don't think it's 100% correct to what the political situation was either. So I think it is still, uh, the truth is in the middle. Yeah. Well, I'm, what, but yeah, in this doctor... case, in this specific instance of, Voyager being attacked, it's clearly one side's the aggressor in this. But again, this is just one side's the aggressor, but the other yeah. side shot a dude on the ground in the back. Yeah. Right. Right. So both sides are being both of these races? Right. Both sides are being total shit to each other. And from what we're shown, there's no way to really understand who started the war. Yeah, I, I think that's a point that they that the doctor tries to make is both of you suck, but leave Voyager <laughs> out of this. Because uh, at some point he basically says that, you know, history uh, is messy and both of you are not saints in this, but Voyager didn't instigate this. Stop blaming us for your problems between you and this other race. Right. Voyager was caught oh. in the middle and got attacked several times. That's how the Doctor's backup module got stolen because there were, like, various raiding parties. Like, Voyager was just an innocent caught in the middle of their war as it started. Okay. 
So we're all in general agreement that we we all pretty much agree that both of these races have blood on their hands. They're both kind mm-hmm. of shitty. Yes, yes, yes. How does that work with the episode's obvious trying to tie it into race relations and the Holocaust and all that? Where it's pretty clear that one side should be viewed as the good side, but well, then a I... counterpoint to putting both both these sides as the bad side. Well, I don't think they're bad. I think it's just pointing out that history is messy and not as clean cut as people would would like to think. It's never, you know, blue team versus red team, and it's just that simple. You know, it is it's an American good gladiators. Guys. It's not good guys versus bad guys. That yeah, they're individual people made their own decisions. It was this government that attacked this other people, but there were also individual actions that that okay, clouded okay. things. I think it's just history is messy. I think that's kind of their well, point. That's the deeper, but on the surface level, whenever you invoke say. Uh, racial equality or say you know nazis versus jews mm-hmm. immediately your gut emotion knows what side is good and what side is evil right right and this episode is playing on that with two races who don't deserve that black and white of an issue to be compared against yeah and we're presented right. from the start and of... it's not now a better star trek series could have probably done this better but voyager <laughs> Well, that's true basically all the time while we're watching Voyager. I mean, that's a blanket statement. It's true. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Uh, yeah. And we're presented from the very start of a situation where the lighter-skinned aliens are presented as an oppressed underclass, which automatically right. makes you want to side with them. Uh, Until you learn that... Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, no, basically just what you were saying. Like Until you find out later on that they had just as much to do with starting this creating the conflict, and yeah, they lost in the end and became the underclass, but it's not because they were victims as such. Right, right. So it, it's just, like I say, history is more complicated than, than people like to think or want to believe. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So even the Doctor goes... I mean, it weird... says that this is the same show that does the heavy hand that did the... This is the uh, same show that had the other rock. heavy-handed things. So, yeah, it's... <laughs> I think this is interesting. So the doctor goes in this point of this weird postmodern rant of like, oh, dates and names and facts. What do they really matter in the end? What difference does it make? What is a man? Yeah, really. No, I mean, it's, so, actually, the, it's actually a good point. A because... pile of secrets? Yes. Yes. It's actually a good point because as you get farther and farther into the future, like – as the information's passed along from one generation to the next, it obviously changes every time it's retold. None of the facts can really be trusted. It's just, this is the generally accepted truth. Nobody can really know for sure, though, unless you go slingshot around the sun at warp nine. <laughs> like, do any of us really care about what the actual facts were, of what happened, say, in ancient Egypt? Or is just the general idea good enough? Yeah, basically. Yeah. I mean, right, exactly. And and the point the doctor makes here is because what matters is today and the future of your people, which means it doesn't matter what happened in the past. You have to deal with your problems today. If you're an underclass or these people are treating you this way, you as two different people need to figure out what you're doing now and today. Fuck the past. Fuck what happened. Stop trying to assign blame. Grow up and deal with the problems of today, which I think is that that is a good moral message, I think. And I agree with Fort Max. I think one of the other Star Trek series really could have done something clearer and stronger with this general concept. I'd like to see what the original series could have done with it. (laughs) (laughs) 
kind of I mean, nice, subtle I mean, way could they have handled this issue? I mean, yes, you joke, but at the same time, yes, I actually do want to see how this same storyline would be handled in the original series. Although they kind of did uh, in Let That Be Your Last Battlefield with the black on one side and white on the other and the white on one side and black on the other. Oh, is that the episode? Okay. Um, but, like, the way they resolved it was when they got to the planet, everybody was dead already. Yeah, that's kind of a that's kind of an easy out for a writer. <laughs> well, it's also very in keeping with like the attitudes of the sixties. Yeah, well, if we don't solve our problems, we're all gonna die, right? So let's let's, let's do Message. that. So yeah, so the doctor is like, look t- to you and to your people. Tedron was a martyr. He was a hero. Uh, you know who who gives you hope and and as a as a, a symbol of struggle for freedom. And and the doctor's like. I can't, who am I to wander in 700 years later and throw that into disarray? You were doing fine until I showed up. Mm-hmm. And, and now it's funny because at this point, what, again, I like about this episode is that now the roles have reversed. The doctor is arguing for, well, no, that's the way it should be portrayed. And now the museum guy's like, no, but it's not the truth, but to follow the truth no matter what. So I love how the roles have reversed between the two characters. Yeah. Now, now museum director is the Picard view. Right, exactly. So I know we have to tell the truth no matter what. It could help us now. And he actually convinces the doctors, like, well, you know, the truth maybe will set us free. So let's do that. And then apparently they do. Yes, as we flash forward an undisclosed amount of time later, apparently this was all just another holodeck. (laughs) Yes, we pan over to the wall. I hate that so fucking much. Uh, Yeah, I got to go with him, Mickey, on this. Oh, that's so annoying that this whole thing was even further in the future of them looking back at this moment as a historical context. Motherfucker. Well, and it's just a cop-out anyway because they wasted like 35 minutes of the episode before actually getting to the real meat of the issue. And then mm-hmm. they didn't have time to actually resolve it. So, you know, flash forward and it's like, yeah, things worked out eventually. Yeah, we don't know how long it took or anything, but she does... Uh, the, the lady who now the museum director of this museum, who's a museum of a museum that happened. Ugh. Fuck. Well, it's a museum yes. of the second race war, you know. <laughs> so this, oh, this is interesting. So oh, she goes on and says, oh, electric boogaloo? <laughs> Zyklon B. <laughs> All right. So she, she goes on to explain that the doctor stuck around and was our surgical chancellor for many years, and eventually he got tired of doing this and helping them out and took a shuttlecraft and started heading toward the Alpha Quadrant. <laughs> he hopped in his minivan and headed to the stars. Right. So romantic. So heroic. <laughs> All by himself. So let's see. The, the, the period in time where most of the episode took place was 700 years in the future. So that would have been the 33rd century. No, 31st century. Cause yeah, which, yeah. Cause in the 31st century though, Starfleet has time travelers all over the fucking place. I mean, that's where the, the, uh, Oh God. was the, the, the wells, I think it is. And like enterprise and stuff. A lot of that. Yeah. Well, that'd be cool too. Um, so something basically Starfleet's got like a whole temporal, time fleet or something in the 31st century. So, whatever. That's where the Enterprise J is from, right? G, uh, isn't it? No, it's the J. G is oh. the one that's full of wine. Oh, okay. <laughs> what? G, it's, it's full of wine. 
It's vintage is at its most luxurious. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, J is the one that gets really big. Right. <laughs> right. Swear to God, if you guys recommend it, like some other Sentai, it, I'm going to be so annoyed. No, oh, we, we, we aren't. We're not, we're not referencing any now, Sentai at now, all. And uh, the Enterprise Z is not, well, the Enterprise J is not to be confused with the Enterprise ZO. Although they're very similar. Yeah. Oh my God. So anyway, that was it. Living Witness, which is ironic because... Rem- remember when the Enterprise Shin ripped off uh, the saucer <laughs> section? <laughs> Oh yeah, and the, like the dorsal spine came out with it. Yeah, and docked with the other ship, and they, the half Enterprise, half Grasshopper baby. <laughs> I kind of feel like I should log off now. I, I, I don't want to be interrupting whatever you. This is our cosmic duck challenge. <laughs> you people are doing half Enterprise, half Grasshopper. No, no, although, no, although the most well known one, the most well known one is the Enterprise RX. Which Saban adapted in the mid nineties. <laughs> Saban Star Trek next year. <laughs> <sighs> Poor Scott. I'm just happy y'all are happy. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to send you guys a zipped attachment. I just want you to open it and run the EXE inside. Okay, thanks. I can't run an EXE. I'm on a Mac. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> oh. And Fort Max is made of Linux, so that won't work either. <laughs> All righty. Okay, so uh, we got we we stomached so, Voyager. XV is fucked though. <laughs> well, but XV is a dick and just won't open the file. Problem solved. <laughs> what if he tells you to not open the file? Actually, if you really want to get XV, you send it to his mom and have her open it. And then it's <laughs> XV's problem to fix it. No, I'll just get her a new computer again. That's what happened the last time. <laughs> All right, so we're back to TNG next week, huh? No, uh, we? have you ever gone to... So I, w- I wonder if you can get uh, Kilby to buy another new car. <laughs> He's trading in the BotCon car. Now, uh, one thing I have noticed from following Kilby on, on Twitter for a while now, the man's a health nut. Um, um, <laughs> XB, do you have a photo handy? <laughs> um, I mean, he... He posts the food that he eats. He's he's clearly very concerned about having a balanced diet. Yeah, all that Pepsi Max and... Uh... I can't tell if you're being sarcastic or not. I am being so sarcastic right now. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> because sometimes he does go on health kicks and slims down again. Oh, does he? Yeah. It's like, I mean, sometimes he'll post like six cheeseburgers and like uh, chili fries with jalapenos on top. It's like, oh, no, here's my I'm Like, oh my God. Well, no, you prepare yours on your own. You don't really take pictures of, like, fast food and stuff. Kilby does. So I do when I'm at Jack in the Box. Oh, God. Yeah, but the Jack in the Box is magical, though, so it's kind of okay. Have you been I to uh, Murfreesboro lately to have some Jack in the Box, Mickey? No, I have not. Um, If you, by whatever means, end up up that way, you should try the uh, Bacon Ultimate Cheeseburger. Very minimalist, but very delicious. Okay. Can I get some tacos on it, too? Not on it, but, like, you know, 
on the side. Well, in fairness, no one can stop you. You can just get tacos and put them on top yourself. Uh, here, this is my favorite photo of well, Toby. I don't want tacos on top of myself. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> that okay? So I have seen this picture before. When I went on Wikipedia and I looked up the word disgruntled. <laughs> This is what was next to it. Yeah, that was uh, Kilby BotCon 2015. Yep, that certainly was. <laughs> <laughs> that is one disgruntled looking motherfucker. That picture worried me. <laughs> I, I I made that picture my uh, phone background for the whole weekend because I thought it was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> he looks like the Kingspin loser little brother. <laughs> Like Ralph, Ralph, Ralph Kingpin. <laughs> the best part of this whole conversation is I'm going to tell Kilby we talked about him in this episode. I'm not going to tell him where in the episode. <laughs> At the very end, really, just listen to the whole thing. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, so what are we doing for next week? I thought we were. Oh, we're not doing TNG next week. Matter of time, or is that I, later? I bumped that into August. Oh, okay. All right. I moved it. I'll move it back. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, we don't have anything scheduled for next week, then. Let's take it off. Why? I don't know. We might be taking the 31st off anyway, so we probably shouldn't take next week off. Okay. Look, Daddy needs a new pair of shoes, man. I can't I can't skip another paycheck. <laughs> I have since starting this show, since starting this show, I have very expensive tastes now. I'm I'm addicted to the money and fame. Oh, what were we gonna do a season one of those season two episodes? Like didn't we talk about that a couple weeks ago? Uh season two, season two. Maybe. <laughs> have we ever done Planet Orgy? No, I don't think so. Is that the one on Risa? No, that's uh no. Justice. Yeah, where Wesley steps on flowers, so they have to kill him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we should do that one. And everybody's barely wearing anything. They're basically just wearing as much as standards require them to wear. Yeah, Planet Caligula. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Planet Caligula, which raises so many questions that never get answered. I still want to do the Royale at some point. That's what it was. We were going to do the Royale. <clears throat> Let's do that right. next week. Okay. Weird fucking episode. Okay, what season is that? Royale is season two. It's uh, episode 12. Season two, episode 12. It's such an original series episode. Yes, it is. It so is. Original series or... Uh, no, it's TNG. Or next phase, or uh, phase two. Oh, okay. Um, oh, no, it's it, it's... TOS. Well, it's a phase two script, I can pretty much guarantee you, but it was written in the style of the original series. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you there. It's very strange. Because, I mean, you replaced Data with uh, Spock. That's Basically? Yeah, I mean... Yeah, the way the whole thing's in, and Riker is, is just Kirk. I mean... <laughs> Riker's always just Kirk. And yeah. just the bigger concept of going down to a crazy planet that's a vision of Earth's past. Right. Well, the costumes are right on, you know, right around the corner on the on the lot. Yeah. yeah no, it, no, it's yeah. the Cadillac that's right around the corner. Oh, hey, I hear arguing. My brother must be home. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's got a gun. It is Texas. Oh, my God. 
I think the closest thing to a gun in here is uh, my is the reissue Megatron. <laughs> it's a choking hazard. Watch out. So is your brother a character from the CW or something? <laughs> is he like a, like, a, like a caricature? Kinda. I don't need this stuff. I'm moving out. You're not moving out. I'm going to form a band. <laughs> what are they arguing yeah. about? Is it about yeah, a band? Who knows? Let, let us in uh, apparently being about. told that, that something needs to be done more than once. Flush? <laughs> Deodorant? No, I mean, more like he, like someone's told him to that told him more than once to do something. Oh. Yeah. Well, if he would have just done it the first damn time. Well, yeah. <laughs> but he didn't want to do it. <laughs> he had other things going on, Mom. And look, you already told me you don't need to keep telling me again, even though I, even though that was two days ago. I've been busy with my DJing. <laughs> No, more well, more like been busy with Team Fortress Two. Oh wow, and he has, and he's got poor taste in video games too. Jeez, how old is your brother? Twenty-eight. Oh, okay. What's his social security number again? <laughs> no, it's just from the description. <laughs> Fort Max's brother sounds about seventeen. Well, there's mental maturity and there's physical maturity. Well, yes, I I grasp this. I have quite a bit of one and almost none of the other. <laughs> Poop. <laughs> you, oh my god, you you really are just the reincarnation of JD. <laughs> <laughs> that one little bit right there would be a good cult open. Do what? That one little bit would be a good cult open. What, the poop thing? Yes, of the... Immaturity thing, and then poop, and then cut. We can do cut that. that. Cut that poop right in half. Poop scissors. Yeah. I like to use thinking shears, so I guess little jagged edges. <laughs> I call it crap booking. <laughs> uh, I figured your S would be more involved, though. No S at all. All right. I don't get it. Uh, S S. I don't know. I, I, yeah. Craps booking. Yeah. His well, joke that... was funny. Mine wasn't. I tried to add to it. it no, craps booking it. could like relate back to the Royale. <laughs> they play craps. All right, so, so the re the Royale this episode it freaked me out as a kid, and and every time I heard Hotel California, check in, but you can't leave. This is what I thought of in my mind's eye. Hotel California it looks like the Royale. I was just picturing a shitty like motel room full of heroin needles everywhere. Wait, are you the ones who use them, or are they there when you got there? Both. Yes, they're complimentary <laughs> with the room. Yeah, they're, like they're like mints on your pillow. Oh, okay, <laughs> but all over the floor. Yeah, that's fine. Just wipe them off and use them. It's usually what I do with the panties I find in the alley. Don't you get blood all over your dick, though? 
<laughs> well, it's already there. So I'm going to get bloodier. Not after what I just did. 